your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday, and that means Keith Knutson, Viterbo political science professor, going to be on with us. I just wanted to give a quick update on the COVID situation. And Minnesota hit its highest death toll today, single day. Yesterday was its second highest death toll. And Trempolo County got another case, so they're up to two. Winona County had three deaths today. Vernon County, first ever COVID-19 case confirmed today. La Crosse County, day 13 without a new case. Just figured I'd give that update when Brad, Brad will probably do it all over again in a couple minutes. But Keith Knudsen, are you there? I'm here, Rick. Hey, how's Thanks it going? Thanks for the update, man. Yeah. How, uh, how, you're in La Crosse County yet still, right? No, I'm in Vernon County. Oh, you are. So, so. Um, yeah, um, uh, learning that uh, today we uh, discovered we have our first case kind of puts a new light onto the, the, the whole pandemic issue, and uh, uh, it, it might lead us into discussing these protests that are going on. Yeah, it, it's not you, right? You're not the confirmed case? Uh, no, not that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah, you would be aware of it, too, I would imagine. Well, I can be oblivious, but hopefully not of that, Rick. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, we and yesterday we got into uh, – did you get a chance to listen to that that uh, interview with Tregalski yesterday, or did you not figure out I, the uh, technology? No, I, I, I listened to it. It was very interesting. Yeah, and so I kind of wanted to get into that a little bit in, in, re, in, in hovering around the Wisconsin legislature – essentially suing do they sue the governor i guess they they sue the health secretary is that how that works maybe the health secretary actually carries out the order from the governor okay so they're suing the health secretary for the order that you know closes businesses essentially the stay at home order through may 26 and Trigowski kind of what what's funny and i'll just i'll just i'll just say it is i i I interviewed Trigowski. We have a great conversation. I think if anyone wants to go, go to wisdomnews.com slash podcast and, and re-listen to that. And, but but political science isn't my number one, you know, isn't my forte, let's say. I'm not an expert there. That's why I bring you guys on. And as well, Rick, I would say you seem to be a very quick learner. Come I'm, on now. And I'm, yeah, and I'm getting there. And, but when Trigowski's talking to me, he's kind of explaining some of the inter- intricacies of political science and what's going on with this lawsuit I kind of understood what he was talking about. When, when I re-listened to the interview last night, I was cutting it up for clips to write a story later. I started to be, I was like, oh, that, that is interesting. Maybe that is what they're kind of doing. So um, I thought maybe we'd get into the politics of why the Wisconsin GOP would be suing this, the governor. It's not so much that they're mad that there's a stay-at-home order. It's more so that the governor has the power to close the state, right? Would that make more, the, that's probably the easiest way to say that? Um, uh, it would be good if the Republican leadership uh, pushing this lawsuit uh, would be uh, more explicit as to what they are really after. Um, I guess I'm wondering if the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, they did order the election to go to ha- uh, ahead a couple weeks ago. I think we've had 20 possible uh, cases of COVID-19 that um, it's hard to say that they result directly from being at the um, uh, working at the voting places or voting, um, but uh, they they might have some correlation. So, uh, how far does the Wisconsin State Supreme Court want to go with uh, potentially endangering the lives of uh, our, our citizens? 
Yeah, as these as these confirmed cases come into the counties where, well, I guess every county had in-person voting, uh, we talked to Jen Rabalski earlier this week about it's called contact tracing. So they, they get a case in, you know, and then they, they interview them. And I think she said the interview takes about an hour and then they re- they come back with them maybe the next day or a couple days later because or that person comes back to the health county or calls them back up the the county health department because they might remember oh you know what i totally forgot that i talked to my neighbor and you know for for a couple of minutes and you know that that's another person that i that i was sort of in contact with so they they have this whole list of questions to kind of I guess detective work to figure out who a person came into contact with in the last X amount of days. It could, I think it was like 14 days or so uh, to figure out all the people that, that they may have contracted the virus from, from. And of course, part of that contact tracing for these people in Milwaukee County that have gotten the virus comes from in-person voting. And you can imagine that's, that's probably one of the few places that a lot of us have gone to. So, you know, like if they were interviewing me, I'd be like, well, I had to go to Menards the other day and I went to the grocery store, you know, this week and I went once last week and I don't know how specific, what aisles did you go down? To? I don't know if they do that, but, and then, you know, I talked to my neighbor the other day, so we didn't get very close, but I did talk to him. So that, w- that might be, you know, some of the examples of, of how they, they, get, they figure out where the virus right. comes from. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, um, well, I don't know enough about this contact tracing to, to talk about it. That, that there you probably should talk with a, well, I guess you've been talking with the right person, the head of the Lacrosse County Health Department. Yeah. Libertarian guy did text in Keith and he said the positive case in Vernon County was a 70 year old man. Uh, so you're, you're in the clear. You're, you're not. 70. <laughs> well, libertarian guy should uh, know that I'm, uh, I'm pushing pretty close to 70. So, uh, um, I'm in that range. You're in that range, but this literally a 70 uh, in his 70s, so you're not there yet. So we know for a fact, even if you were oblivious to the fact that you contracted the virus, we know for a fact that it isn't you. So, Thank and you, Rick. What's interesting I, about the case in I'll, Vernon I'll County— I'll go forward with this interview now. Oh, yeah. And what's interesting uh, about the case in Vernon County is the guy has no contact. Like, there's no— no, no traceable place where he could have gotten the virus. His his contact tracing uh, detective work hasn't brung any any witnesses to you know. Oh oh, you probably got the virus from this person or that person or from this place. He wasn't anywhere where the virus was, so they don't know. They have no idea how he got it. I'm well, sure. uh, living out here in the drift list, there are many mysteries, Rick. Yeah, definitely. All right, Viterbo political science professor Keith Knutson on with us. We're gonna take a break for news, and then we'll come back and and kind of break down. I guess the the battle in in Madison between Governor Evers and the GOP led legislature. We'll be back after this. I'm Wisdom. Keith Knutson, Viterbo political science professor, is on the phone with us. And Keith, your friend Eric from Sparta is calling in. So let's put Eric from Sparta on. Eric, you're on with Keith. Go ahead, man. Yeah, I'm. I'm I appreciate you letting me speak to you today. Um, I know your political proclivities. The East Side Tony is the, uh, I got a couple things I wanted to ask first, but East Side Tony seemed to think that the eastern part of the state is more important than the rest of, rest of the state. And uh, everything that goes on over there is, goes on everywhere because he knows better because he's, you know, he's a left-wing Democrat, obviously. Number two. Eric, excuse me, are you, are you referring to Governor Evers? 
He said, Jordan, what, what the hell do you think he was talking about? Um, number two. I, I, I've number never two. heard him refer to as that, but uh, okay. But hey, number two. With all due respect to both of you guys, I know what you are. I know your uh, political proclivities, and I honor that because that is the normal thing to do. There's two sides of the story. But the one thing I would like to ask with all due respect to Midwest Family Radio is on Saturday morning, why don't they have these shows on? These are buy and sell shows on Mike Market and all that other things. That, uh, all right. So, so people can have some sense of normality. Just give some people some sense of normality. That's all I ask. I don't. People are smart. You think people are so dumb they don't want to tell what they're talking about? They don't know about social distancing by now? Okay, thanks, Eric. We're not doing Mike's Mark in the morning because we're well. Um, so, uh, in response to Eric, um, I think I, I might be on topic. Um, the gentleman who uh, is reported to have uh, uh, caught the, uh, the COVID nineteen out here in Vernon County um, in in this tracing exercise, uh, apparently so far unable to um, discern that he's been in contact with anyone who actually has the disease, but uh, one of the things we're discovering is that uh, some of us, uh, I suppose fortunate for those of us who this might be the case, we could have the disease, but we would show no indication of it. And so here's one element of the danger, and and Eric, one reason for the social distancing um, is that uh, uh, we don't necessarily know um, if we're carriers. Um, and so um, people who get the disease and survive, apparently they, they will have some immunity to it. Um, and uh, uh, maybe people will go through this and, and have it, but I, uh, as I understand it, and, and again, I'm not a medical doctor, but um, uh, maybe someone can spread the disease and the person wouldn't know that he or she has it. Um, and so I think that's one of the uh, factors we have to take into consideration when we consider um, shutting down our, our uh, public interaction and social distancing and, and uh, these sorts of things. Somebody, somebody brought up the, the idea of uh, tracking everybody, because we all have these phones now, Keith, tracking everybody so you know nobody could lie, per se, if they, they contracted the virus and they didn't want exactly to tell. I think Jeff well, Ross- I'm, not, I'm not saying people would lie. People wouldn't know it, Rick. No, what I'm um, saying is... Until, is- we, until we get to a point where we have um, near-universal testing for this, and I don't know that we're ever going to get there, but we're sorely lacking right now, um, so we, we need a lot more information, and this is one element of this whole pandemic uh, condition, is that uh, we're, we're um, reliant on experts, now medical experts, and uh, uh, their um, contributions into how politicians are then making decisions of fulfilling their primary responsibility, and that is keeping us um, alive and well and safe. And, and so... I think we just have to uh, we have to be patient through this, as challenging as it is. Yeah, and this uh, the the frustrating thing for a lot of people, I think, is we've been doing this for what have we been doing this for a little over a month, and Evers shut down the state for another month. Although there are some you know uh, you know openings there for for certain businesses. There, Rick, he, did I hear you were taking up golfing now? 
I am not taking up golfing, but I oh. noticed a lot of – so Minnesota's opened up golfing as well. Uh, Wisconsin yeah. will tomorrow, I believe. And the, the, what's funny is I live near a golf course, and the amount of 65-year-old men that must be roommates that I see on the golf course driving around in carts together is, is a little bit funny because there's certainly a lot – because I understand golfing is open, but I think you're only supposed to golf – you know, either alone or with the people that you're you you live with, so that we don't we avoid this you know spreading of the virus. So <laughs> I see I keep, where you got that roommate idea. Yeah. That. So how many sixty-five um, year old men live in your house with you, Keith? I mean, I, I imagine all these sixty-five year old men are just roommates with each other that I see on golf carts together. Well, I, I, they should be social distancing as they engage in their golfing exercises. Um, okay, so what I was getting at before is the the idea of of trying to trace this virus. Uh, everyone's got a phone. There's there is talk about you know giving tech companies the ability to trace where everyone is going so that we have a better understanding of how the virus is spreading. And uh, do do you want to get into the civil liberties of of the government knowing your every move, Keith? Well, remember, I'm out in the driftless. I don't think I'm traceable out here, but um, I think we should pull libertarian guy into this one because uh, certainly we don't want to turn um, our location over to the tech companies, and and maybe libertarian guy would think it'd be even worse to turn it over to the government. Um, I'm I'm not so sure that this is a a doable solution, especially with the foundation of the sense of freedom, which is driving the protests which are cropping up now. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I think. If if we didn't think that the government was evil, it would be a very doable solution. Or the technical companies were evil and we're just going to use our data to track our movements all the time. But the idea that we would know where everyone was going would would be a, a real benefit to figuring out the virus spread. Well, I think there are two important there, – there's an important distinction between two entities we're talking about. Would we Would we want to consider actually allowing private – for-profit corporations to tail us, to follow us, to know our whereabouts, um, in my mind, that's a step well beyond um, uh, a, a governing apparatus, um, at least during a health pandemic, um, wanting to keep track of us for our own uh, safety. Um, but uh, whatever the private corporations might be up to, uh, that's one that I would be adamantly opposed to. I'm sure they're looking out for our best interest. My friend from Australia texted me on Wednesday, and he said four new cases of the virus in all of Australia on Wednesday. Meanwhile, 2,800 people died in the United States. So Australia is doing something the United States doesn't seem to be doing. Well, we're learning that different societies are doing different things. Germany has been quite successful. Um, uh, as, uh, my, my area of interest is Europe, and so... Uh, in politics, uh, where, where, of course, Italy and Spain, uh, France have been hit pretty hard. I think Britain is uh, um, in the throes of it right now. So various um, societies and the governing um, uh, attitudes, the, the political culture of the societies, um, and the history of what governments have gotten into within society is having uh, an impact um, on how these various governments are um, trying to deal with with this pandemic, it's a it, 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 it's going to be a fascinating study for a lot of political scientists. Did you notice that Germany canceled Oktoberfest in September? Hock du lieber, Rick. Say it isn't so. Yeah, they canceled it. I think last week. But 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's, um, I mean, that's way out in the future. And you, you, we're starting to see this now. A lot of uh, Irish Fest is canceled and the pools are closed for the, for the yep. entire summer. So uh, I think maybe we, uh, instead of just straight up telling us, hey, this thing's going to last all summer, I think uh, we're supposed to just kind of figure it out as we, oh, you know what? This thing that's happening in September is now being canceled. Okay. Well, the political leaders are... Uh, 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 perhaps in in greater uh, uh, are holding greater knowledge, information, statistic data uh, than than many of us um, have available to us through through the media. I think there's quite a bit available there, uh, but they don't want to be making projections too far out that aren't going to hold true. Even President Trump has uh, uh, waffled. You think he has whiplash by now um, uh, in terms of. Uh, wanting total control over when the economy is going to open, turn it over, and then saying to the governors, do your own thing. And um, uh, uh, I would say the governors are attempting to be responsible. I see the president as well, basically being irresponsible um, and uh, apparently even hyping up some of these protests that are going on now. Uh, reeling it back into the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, battle, I guess. I think Tom is on the phone and has a question for you, Keith. Tom, go ahead. You're okay. on the air with Keith. Well, okay, so several things here. Uh, I'll mention a couple of things first if I can. Uh, the, um, the Supreme Court, uh, I don't really think has the ability, and I'll ask Keith this, do they have, is there something in the state constitution that will allow them to violate the people's rights um, if they can claim it for the good of the country or the good of the state? I don't necessarily think that we have that. And if that's the case, if I'm right, then uh, if this, at, when this is at the Supreme Court, they're supposed to make their decision based on what the law is or what our Constitution says. So if, uh, if the Republicans are right that um, we, the state and the governor is a little bit out of control here, we need to know that, and the Supreme Court is supposed to, and will make a decision based on the Constitution and not their opinions on whether or not it is going to affect uh, certain people. Uh, they, they would like to help the people, but they need to make their decision based on the, on the Constitution. Well, Keith, can so, I just jump I, in? Quick, I, know, uh, before... I know you want to comment, That's, but I just want to also throw in, as far as you talk about libertarian guy, the federal government, the state government, and even the county through the sheriff's department has the ability to monitor everybody that has a cell phone with their tracking turned on. And that happens often. They cannot legally use that information. They technically can't get some of that information without a search warrant. But it's happening all the time. Corporations are tracking people uh, almost every move they make. All right. Thanks for the call, Tom. Keith, I will interject that the Supreme Court, the, the Wisconsin legislature, skipped all the other courts. We're going straight to the Supreme Court. On, on uh, you know, suing the government, suing the the state, or however that works. Sure, same as they did uh, before the election, um, where they found a friendly venue. Um, uh, yeah, so Anthony Targonsky was talking about venue shopping, um, uh, and uh, the Republican leadership in our uh, state legislature uh, knows that they've got a still until uh, sometime in July. I don't know the date when uh, Karofsky will replace um, uh, the incumbent, um, August, Kelly. Is it, is it um, August? Go ahead. I believe it's August, right? Is that when Karofsky takes over? Well, I read July. I, I haven't read a date. 
Um, but you could Google that real quickly, and I'll finish I'm, my I'm thought, right? I'm working on um, it. Okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Anthony was talking about uh, the legislature potentially seeking some, some input. Um, of course, the legislature is not in session right now. Um, uh, they refuse to come into session uh, on the election issue. Uh, I'm not saying that doesn't mean they don't have a right to come into session and engage the process now, uh, but I do think that the legislative leaders, if they want to have some input, uh, I, I think they've got the capacity to call themselves into session. And since they haven't done that, um, I'm seeing them uh, just doing this venue shopping, as Targonsky put it yesterday. Um, and uh, he also brought up the idea that uh, perhaps they're uh, playing to their base, and I would say that that's what they're doing. Um, uh, and uh, I have a little bit of disagreement with uh, uh, Anthony from yesterday um, on the uh, reading the election outcome. Uh, in uh, 2017, we uh, elected a, a liberal justice uh, to the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, in 2018, uh, Democrats did pretty well here in Wisconsin. Uh, so now in uh, the spring of 2020, we get a, a liberal uh, uh, elected to the, to the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, I'm thinking that uh, I, I don't, I'm not saying that's determining the outcome of a presidential election in the fall. Uh, but if we're looking for um, uh, omens uh, for reading the future, uh, that's a possibility. And then I did encounter um, an organization called Future Now Fund. It is a progressive organization, um, and uh, they did some, I think it was exit polling out of the Supreme Court race um, or, or some kind of polling, and they discovered that in counties where the coronavirus infection is going up, there were shifts uh, in the voting outcome to Karofsky, and this took place in both urban and rural counties, uh, so that uh, uh, the Republican uh, legislative leadership and President Trump himself, um, I think, might have to start asking themselves, are they alienating uh, voters they're going to need in the fall? And remember, uh, Donald Trump carried Wisconsin by only 23,000 votes. Um, and I've been talking about the tight margins, uh, and uh, uh, I think playing to the... the, the um, the base, which is often described as the Trump strategy, and I think what the Republicans are up to by going to the uh, Supreme Court here in the state of Wisconsin, um, I wonder if it's uh, uh, bad politics right now playing too much to the base, because we see a significant majority of uh, the citizens are supportive yeah, that, of that, uh, that the makes, sheltering order. Yeah, that makes complete sense. If you just look at the, the, the last election, uh, this judge won, that judge didn't. Jill Karofsky takes over her tenure term on uh, uh, August 1st for Dan yeah. Kelly, who was appointed by Governor Scott, Scott Walker in 2016. All right, we got a break for Scott's Comment and News. We'll be back with Keith Knutson after this on Wisdom. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. If you want to get in here, there's a couple of texts coming in. 608-785-7914, the talk and text line. Yesterday we talked with Anthony Chagalski, UWL political science professor, and they, they did, he did have a White House correspondent on this afternoon. But uh, the part of that other part of that conversation was the, the fight between Governor Tony Evers and the Wisconsin legislature over 
essentially closing down the state. And the Wisconsin GOP, the GOP-led legislature is suing essentially the state over this order. And I believe what Chergalski said, the reasoning for this, is, isn't so much that they want to fight about the state should be open. And that's the easiest take to to. That's the easiest thing. It's the easiest take to have. Hey, we should reopen the state because small businesses are are hurting or farmers are hurting. You know, these are always super easy points to make. Like farmers are hurting. We should save farmers. Yeah, I get it. Teachers, we should pay teachers more. We should save the whales. I mean, these are all little easy political, you know, lanes to take. But what Chergalski was saying yesterday was, I believe, is that the GOP is fighting Evers over this closing down the state, not because they want the state reopened, but they don't want Evers to have the power to be able to close the state. And if they get the Supreme Court decision and they skip all the other courts, we're going to go straight to the Supreme Court because, you know, we got a 5-2 majority up there right now in, a, in August that changes. But they, they want to take it to the Supreme Court because they want to pull some of that power back, the same kind of lame duck session they did when Evers took power. Uh, when when Evers won the election. But here's Chagoski yesterday, just a little bit about that. The fancy political science term for this is venue shopping. You want to take your battle to the venue where you are most likely to win. That's exactly what the Republican leaders are trying to do here. Now, Viterbo political science professor Keith Knutson is on with us today, and we're kind of talking about this. So, Keith, you mentioned that comment from Chagoski earlier. Am I, am I grasping his concept of, Am I grasping it correctly that this fight isn't so much about taking back the state of essential or non-essential businesses? It's more the the legislature wants more power or less power to a Democratic governor. Of course, if you get power, then you're going to have to do something, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, what's you know, you know, you you talked about. We talked earlier today just about okay. So they they want us. I think Chagowski mentioned this too. A seat at the table. But the, the legislature is obviously invited to come, hey, what, what are your plans? What are your ideas for reopening the state? Right? That's right. I mean, they, they can have a seat at the table. I, I think they can call themselves into session. So uh, uh, with all due respect to Anthony, I think in my estimation, it's uh, more uh, really a matter of uh, the leaders playing to their base, these protesters, um, uh, probably wanting them to think that they're doing something about this, but do these people really want to um, have the Supreme Court, the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, say that Evers cannot uh, uh, engage in this shelter-in-place order? Uh, and one would think that um, the state of Wisconsin executive government would then uh, appeal the case uh, all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, and the uh, does the judicial branch of government, whether it's the, the federal level uh, in the, the, the Supreme Court or, and of course, the Supreme Court can hear appeals out of state Supreme Court cases or that it can go through the federal court system. Um, uh, so I, 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 if these um, legislative leaders want a voice at the table, well, buckle up and uh, call yourselves into session and begin to engage the topic. Um, I don't mean to be too harsh, but uh, uh, in my view, this is uh, kind of cowardly. Um, looking to the third judicial branch of government to carry the water for these people, and they should start carrying their own water. 
Uh, libertarian guy says they want to take it to the Supreme Court to speed things along, keeping businesses closed, killing jobs, preventing people from being able to afford to live is causing significant harm. COVID-19 is causing harm to to both. Uh, both are a COVID-19 problem. is killing people, and it's a contagious pandemic. Um, other societies, um, because of the way they've set up their social welfare structure, I bet libertarian guy is going to roll over on this one, but uh, um, other societies are not suffering the um, uh, unemployment pain that uh, the United States is. Um, and this is a great opportunity for us to uh, begin to confront uh, uh, our, in this circumstance, to some extent counterproductive, uh, divided-up health delivery system, our inadequate uh, uh, social welfare safety net, uh, and begin to get ourselves ready for the challenges of the 21st century. Well, um, were... The Republican legislative leaders, in my estimation, are doing none of that. Well, there were stories just yesterday that, that came out that uh, talking about how Social Security is going to be dissolved. I think it was like 2035, and Medicare is going to be dissolved way before that. I, I'm, I'm looking for the story, but the date on the, the, the idea that Medicare is going to be dissolved is, is like a year or two down the road. So, and, and what are we doing about those social you know, structures? Well, uh, 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 I'm not so sure dissolved is the word you want to use, Rick. Um, maybe they'll be uh, so underfunded that they'll be uh, utterly ineffectual. And, of course, this is a, an issue that we confront. Are we prepared to um, have levels of taxation uh, that will allow for a, um, in my view, a just, fair, and supportive, a supportable uh, distribution of our, our, our wealth, yeah, our I... social wealth? Not just, you know, my view is, uh, our GDP is our American wealth, our society's wealth. Um, and, of course, this is one reason Republicans are uh, uh, working hard to keep people from voting, uh, because they don't want people to have a, 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 a voice and a vote uh, in uh, establishing a more equitable system. I, I got the story here now. The headline reads, uh, Social Security and Medicare funds at risk even before the virus. Uh, the financial con- condition of the government's two biggest benefit programs remains shaky. Medicare expected to become insolvent in just six years, while Social Security will be unable to pay full benefits starting in 2035. And that's before the pandemic hit, before all this. So this is you know using numbers before you know the, the bottom dropped out of the United States. So Right. Um, well, I think we've already... Uh, uh, gone uh, another $3 trillion in the national debt. Um, uh, I, I did read that there were some tax cuts in, in this, and 80% of those tax cuts are going to the, I'm going to say, the wealthiest 20% of Americans. So again, one more tax cut that skews wealth distribution uh, up the income ladder um, and means that uh, people who don't have health insurance, people who need Social Security for retirement, um uh, they're taking the short end of the stick in, in all of this. All right, Keith Knutson, Viterbo, political science professor, is on with us. Joe is calling in. I think Joe wants to talk about what we were talking about in, in terms of tech companies and being able to track us, and, and is that a good thing to fight the virus or a bad thing because we give tech companies all this information? Joe, go ahead. Well, I wanted to, but, I mean, the ridiculousness being spewed out of Knutson's mouth, I mean, I just don't know where to start. I mean, first of all, Social Security solvency, after Democrats have allowed every business in the United States to 
leave the United States as a tax base or a manufacturing base, and they've been happy about that, and which has completely ruined our country. So Democrats, the fact Democrats that have done completely this? Completely Okay, so let's talk about that. Keith, has, have Democrats allowed all the businesses in the world to leave the country? Well, Democrats, like Republicans, have been involved in negotiating the, the trade deals um, that uh, we've been engaged in in this globalization process. And, and uh, last week you were surprised that I said something positive about President Trump. Uh, let me surprise you again. The, uh, uh, his uh, signing the uh, U.S.-Mexico Canada agreement, the USMCA. Um, now, in my view, the Democrats uh, negotiated with the president, um, and even Richard Trumka, the head of the AFL-CIO, signed on to that. So um, um, I hope Joe's aware that Democrats negotiated uh, those, I'm going to call them amendments, to the USMCA and made it a, a much better deal for working Americans. Um, uh, I'm prepared to acknowledge that uh, uh, Democrats as well as Republicans have been involved in these trade negotiations, but I just think it's um, well, I, fantastical I can't to try to blame USMCA. it on one party. The, the USMCA, I can't hide behind, and I, I hate that people use that as a reference point. It's been my view for the last 15 years that we need to purchase Mexico. It, it, our purchase Mexico, Mexico, the country? Since, since the first NAFTA agreement, we should have been working to purchase Mexico because that has been the downfall with our Amer- with our South American trading partners. Well, how like many the, countries we, do you propose We, we made it wrong when we, when we signed NAFTA, and we're still wrong when we haven't taken over Mexico. So as far as well, the U.S. I mean, you, you, you accuse me of being, I don't know what you use, but uh, that statement right there is kind of um, way out of the ballpark, uh, uh, just unacceptable kind of talk. I, I don't know. If we purchase Mexico, what, what, then they don't have to pay for the wall, right? Then we have to pay for the wall. We don't want to do that. <laughs> also, we're still, that's, a good, that's a good one, Rick. Also, we're still throwing $11 billion at the wall right now amid this pandemic. We're you know trying to keep small businesses alive. But, you know, hey, we got to build that wall, too. Yeah. Um, you, you know, uh, uh, I'd like to go back to these protests. Um, uh our Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, comes out of a pretty wealthy family in Michigan, and apparently some of her family's money is going in to support this. And I think the, the Koch brothers um, are uh, back at it. They uh, funded a lot of the Tea Party activity in 2010. So we have a very wealthy uh, a couple here in Wisconsin. I think the last name, Ulander, I read a little bit about their business today. Um, uh, uh, apparently they're uh, in on supporting this. And so we've got some some uh, big money folks organizing uh, this protest against the, um, uh, I'm just going to call it stay in shelter here in Wisconsin, but uh, in states that are doing it, it is the governors who are making these calls. Um, So I wonder if our Wisconsin State Supreme Court is going to overturn uh, what we're doing here in Wisconsin at the behest of the legislative leaders. Um, But uh, these, these, these protests, the, uh, the treasurer of the Republican Party of Wisconsin, um, in an email message or a, a tweet or some something, uh, encouraged these protesters not to bring Confederate flags to the protest. Here's a quote for you, Rick. He, he said the Confederate, uh, the Confederacy, he knows, was more about states' rights than slavery. Um, 
So here's a, a statement that is uh, grounded from a Republican Party leader that is blatantly ignorant. All he would have to do is read South Carolina's secession from the Union, um, uh, which was all about slavery. There was no uh, a state's rights advocacy, except for the state of South Carolina uh, being able to retain its, its slave status. And so here now these uh, protesters against the, the shelter-in-place order are waving their Confederate plagues, uh, flags, <laughs> pardon me, a plague, um, Confederate flags, and they're, they're uh, uh, toting their guns and uh, uh, mixing the Second Amendment into this whole thing. Um, I will say uh, one more positive thing about a Republican, our uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, uh, I did read today, has said that he's not criticizing Governor Evers' uh, stewardship of the pandemic response here in Wisconsin. So Republicans can look uh, to Senator Johnson and find some responsible leadership well, um, if they want to find it. Well, I know Mike Pence was in Madison uh, either yesterday or two days ago. And, you know, he, he also said, hey, we're doing a good job staying home, staying safe. The idea that Mike Pence is, 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 is out and about, at, you know, I think he's going to be, uh, is he going to be in Rochester at Mayo Clinic uh, one of these days as well? Uh, you know, like he could stay at home too, but he's also like congratulating states who are, you know, keeping safe. And on the, on the same day that he does that, the Wisconsin GOP is, is suing the state over the same thing. So it's like, are you yeah. suing, are you suing well, Mike Pence and Trump or are you, are you, uh, you know, right. uh, how, how partisan, uh, look, this is, I think it's just a partisan uh, gig for these folks and give vice president Pence his due. He's working pretty hard on, uh, uh, dealing with, uh, I'll call it a late reaction to the pandemic. Uh, but uh, uh, if if I'm saying, uh, and I've said this before, it's time to give people credit where credit is due. Uh, we're in the midst of a pandemic, and uh, we need to act responsibly for all of society. And uh, uh, these protesters, uh, hopefully they're going to start protesting the Republican Party's policies of bumping our social wealth up to the uh, the richest members of society. Let's let's build a more equitable system so we can sustain these kinds of challenges. All right, we're going to be back in a in a minute here with Viterbo political science professor Keith Knutson and his Confederate plague right here on Wisdom. Not mine, not mine, Rick. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four the talk and text line. Uh, a couple of texts here. Viterbo political science professor Keith Knutson on with us for this hour. One of the texts mentioned uh, 98% recover from the virus. Uh, so we need to be locked down forever when 98% recover. But <laughs> 98%, uh, 2% of what, if the country is 330 million people, is, is like 600,000 people. So I don't know if we're, we're good with, you know, that many deaths. So... Um, yeah, well, it's hard to make a cost-benefit analysis on uh, human death, and uh, uh, yeah, uh, it, it it is. Uh, I, I have encountered that ninety-eight percent uh, recovery rate, but uh, how do we uh, how do we live with ourselves with the two percent who are going to die? Look at what New York City's been going through for heaven's sake, um, and uh, uh, somehow, some way, that can. Uh, uh, happen well. What's going on in Winona? They've got a hot spot there, um, and now Brown County uh, is becoming a hot spot. Yeah. The, so I, this is this is a, a social pandemic. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's about society as a whole. It's not 
an individual um, disease, and it's not a it's not a choice. This is something that we have to grapple with collectively. The the idea that we we need to open up businesses, uh, and, and when we look at these plants where people are working very closely together, and I would assume that they're probably trying to to alleviate that a little bit because of the virus, maybe don't have these people at meatpacking plants right on top of each other. I don't know if they can or not. But, uh, you know, if we just look at that business and then we want to say we want to open up restaurants and bars, you know, where people are eating and in and, and bars, especially people are packed together. Uh, we could just look at some of these businesses and, and some of these even, you know, I, I know Winona's, Winona has 10 of its 13 deaths have been from one senior living facility. So, but but the, also the senior living facility is 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 a place where people haven't come in and out so much. So, uh, the the deaths are are one thing, but those people are getting the virus there. So the the idea that opening up businesses, we we haven't figured out, you know, how to uh, you know do that without keeping everyone safe. So, well, you know, I, I guess get get some people and come up with a plan before we do it. Well, um, uh, finally, I get to. Um critique President Trump again, and um, uh, we need um, massive testing, and we need an investment into healthcare uh, workers who are going to be able to do this this tracing exercise. And so if, if we can get onto that and learn more and more about this disease, then we can begin the process of opening up our society and of course, our economy. Uh, who wants people to um, uh, suffer? That, that, that's what we're trying to avoid. Um, but uh, is it, is it, um, how, how do we weigh our economic prosperity against uh, the lives of our fellow citizens? So here we're, uh, our, 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 the whole planet is facing uh, one of the most uh, foundational moral and ethical questions as to why do we exist? What are we doing together? What are we about? Um, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll come down on the side of uh, preserving as many human lives as we can. About a minute left here. Uh, libertarian guy texted in. We took a huge part of Mexico already. It was called the Mexican Session, and the war uh, and a war was fought. So, I mean, preserving human lives, we should go to war with Mexico and and purchase this, right? I mean, that's we should. That's well, President James K. Polk engineered the U.S.-Mexican War of 1848, and then basically we took Southern California, um, uh, New Mexico, Arizona, um, Southern Colorado. Uh, uh, yeah, I think half of Mexico became part of the United States out of that war, an entirely engineered war. Um, we wanted that territory. Well, we'll do that. We'll buy, and then what? We got to buy Greenland as well. Is that the next step, or Iceland? One of those two. Well, that was President Trump's proposal a year ago or so. Yeah. Uh, President Trump wanted to buy uh, the uh, testing that Germany came up with. <laughs> We're out of time, um, Keith. Uh, well, sorry. Um, <laughs> nice talking with you, Rick. All right, see you guys. We'll, we'll do it again tomorrow.